Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Brian's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 197. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. Was that better? Did I get, am I getting better at it? You were great. You were perfect. Perfect. I thought you meant call voice lessons working or no. Yeah. I yeah. thought you meant the space between when I speak and when you speak, because you have not gotten better <laughs> oh, at that. That gap is that. like it was a fucking chasm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it sounds less shrill to singing, so I will give you credit <laughs> for it, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, so uh, if you couldn't tell, it's the three of us. It's the three caballeros, as Clark likes to say. Um, we are the, uh, what I like to call the original homo superior, uh, not the all new, all different, the ones that actually know what we're talking about when it comes to comics. And we're not, just ex- we're not just sitting there and explaining shit to Brent and Adam who literally know nothing. But uh, this week, uh, we're going to head back down to the trailer park. Uh, we've got some comic issues from this week and we've got a few news items to share before we get into it. Uh, please check out our extra issues for Black Widow and Loki season one uh, found wherever you're currently listening to this podcast. So you might be listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. It's going to be on all three of those. Check it out. Uh, We had a lot of fun. The Black Widow one was especially unhinged in a good way, mostly good way. Uh, But let's get into uh, our issue this week. So first up, let's head down to the trailer park. I'm not going to do that shitty accent that Brent does because I'm not from Georgia. What do you think a sound effect for the trailer park could be? Like the slamming Ooh. of a trailer door or something? What, what would a slam of a trailer door sound differently from the slam of a regular door? Get me another natty but like slam. Do you think is, that- there, is there the sound of like a meth lab? What sound does a meth lab make? Ooh, oh, I should know this because uh, this was like white noise for when I lived in Florida. I should know this. I was just going to do the theme, the theme music from Breaking Bad. That's All right, twangy. Those liberals. That's it. You like an elite it. Piece that's, of shit. that's like asking me to stop breathing, Clark. But okay, so we're at the trailer park. Uh, the trailer for Dune came out today. Like the full trailer, we've had teasers before. This movie is coming out on October twenty second. Um, <laughs> I think it looks absolutely fantastic. But I do think as trailers often do it gives you the whole movie but dune is a story that i think a lot of us already know uh because there's been several adaptations the novel has been around since the 60s uh it is an archetypal archetypical novel uh but what did y'all think remember i don't know it because i got it confused as a kid with trimmers because there's sandworms in both of them which makes sense it makes sense it's a similar vibe three and a half minutes long and it gave i stopped after the two minute mark because it gave me way too much information and like it spoiled way too much for me as soon as they spoils don't listen for a second as soon as they start talking about like all of his family getting killed off one by one and i'm like fucking come on yeah yeah a little bit much i get that um i think this is this movie is going to be visually stunning and not in the cliche way that you always say it but like every everything that we saw was so fucking pretty. It looks so good. And it's only getting better the more previews we're seeing. Like, so if, if this movie is drawn out, <laughs> which I think it will be, I think it's safe to say that because that's the Dune style too, to be like very long. Just look at the novel. But like 
it, I, I'm pretty excited for that. With that all said, I, I know I am the gay correspondent on everything. And this, once again, is one of the gayest things ever. It's so fucking gay. There's a, we can skip over the gaping asshole at the very end. But, like, just twink in space, Timothy Chalamet, it's, it's a very gay experience. And then him, put your hand in the box you're gonna experience pain like it's just it just feels that, like isn't that straight isn't that straight though put your hand in no, the box but, but no, if, no, but no. If, you, if you if you put your hand in the vagina you're gonna feel pain emotional pain uh, then, then uh what's it uh vagina dentata yeah yeah, no, yeah but yeah. it's no, but it, it still just feels so gay to me. And am I looking I mean, yeah. for it? Of course. I like but, it. but I like it. I, I'm very excited and intrigued by this movie. I, I like they the land it. And the, the, the actual storyline isn't over-convoluted. What do you think, Clark? I like that you're our gay correspondent when all five of us are gay and we talk about gayness all the time. Why don't you talk He's about extra gay. gay. I am one of those people like 20% of the world who despises ASMR so much that if I hear it I just want to punch whatever so when it starts off with her just ASMRing every word I just I just freaked out I wanted to throw the phone across the screen uh, across the screen across the room (laughs) if she talks like that the entire time I'm gonna hate this movie oh bitch I'm gonna send you uh just a sound clip of me opening like one of those Easter eggs. No, no, so, no. Yes, I, re- I will. I re- and I'll be re- whispering che- into it. I rechecked two weeks ago to remind myself if I hated it or not. And I, oh, it made me want to throw up. <laughs> so the cast is like, I, like, it feels like it's like every like genre actor from every mm-hmm. major property over the last five to 10 years. I mean, Oscar Isaac is playing, um, you know, Poe playing- Dameron. <laughs> yes, well, he's Poe Dameron, but he's like Leto Atreides. Um, like he's playing Paul's father uh, in, in a very sexy beard. And then you've got um, Jason Momoa playing like, I think he's playing Bernie Halleck or one of the other characters, Duncan Idaho. I can't remember. And then you've got uh, Josh Brolin. I mean, so it's like you've got Aquaman, Thanos, and Poe Dameron. Like mm-hmm. basically, you know, mentoring, you know, too. space. And, and Zendaya. Yeah, uh, mentoring a space twink, and also, uh, oh my God, what's <laughs> Stellan Stellan Stargard? Stargard is going to play Baron Harkonnen, you know, from yeah. like the Thor film. So um, the cast what? is great. It looks it looks good. There were some moments in like the kind of the the narration, and then some of the quips, like specifically Ooh. by Jason Momoa, that I was just like, I don't like Jason Momoa's acting. I think he's a very good looking man. Yeah. I yeah. like looking at him. I just don't think he can act for shit. I don't yeah. think he's funny. Also, I do love randomly body shaming for humor's sake. So good and funny when he's like, "You looks like you put on muscle," and he's like, "Really? No." And I'm like, "Ha ha, <laughs> cool." Yeah. Well, funny, um, the, I, I am looking forward to the movie. I love the director De- Dennis Villeneuve. Like he did Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival and a bunch of other stuff. So. Uh, this movie is really tough to direct. It's uh, it's uh, or adapt, I should say. It's going to be broken up into two parts, so like they're not trying to put the entire novel in one movie, which oh, no one God. should ever do. Um, and <laughs> Lord of the I Rings. really, yes, exactly. I really love it too, Ryan. Your boyfriend Chase like texts me every time there's like a new update about Dune. Like he's so excited. 
uh, and he's so excited to see it too. So I think we're going to see it together. Well, it took him um, four years to go through that the, the actual novel, so it makes sense. I was going to say you love getting texts from Chase. Yeah, that that doesn't compute with that, me that, either, because when I get one, I'm like delete immediately. But but and just about right. Dune, but just about <laughs> Dune. Everything else, no. Uh, Are you sure related- it wasn't Laura Dern? It might have been Laura Dern. I do confuse the two quite often. Um, but they both look great in shorts, running away from dinosaurs. Um, another bit of Dune news was um, HBO Max is doing a series set in this universe about the ben- Bene Gesserit. It, it's called Dune Sisterhood. And they have a new um, uh, showrunner uh, by the name of Diane Adamu John. Uh, she's taking over for uh, John uh, Spates, I uh, hope I'm pr- pronouncing these names correctly, who left in order to uh, work on the second Dune film. Um, as I said, the show is going to focus on the ben Gen- ben- Bene Gesserit, which are like a very sinister sisterhood within within the universe. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what the show ends up tackling uh, versus what the movie does. So uh, that's been our uh, trip down to the trailer park. So why don't we tackle uh, them issues that came out this week? So we had four comics that we read and reviewed, uh, two of which are in um, the Krakoa Reign of X. One is X-Men Legend, so it's, a, it's like a flashback story. And then we're going to start, though, with Guardians of the Galaxy number 16 by Al Ewing and Juan Frigeri. The last Annihilation officially begins. And the last time we hung out with the Guardians, a Skrull fire cult committed a Jonestown-level sacrifice on Ego, the living planet, which created a black eggshell around Ego. Uh, the shell finally hatched, and out came a planet-sized, planet-sized Dormammu, ruler of the Dark Dimension, making Brent very, very happy. On Hela, the throne world of the new Skrull Kree Empire, Hulkling and Wiccan help rebuild, while Wiccan gets a premonition about some shady shit that went down at the Hellfire Gala. Spoiler, Billy. Your mom died. Uh, they get attacked by the mindless ones where the minions of Dormammu uh, and the Guardians uh, get attacked by them too out in space. Star-Lord and Nova get called back from planet Araco to help deal with the crisis while Drax attempts to make a joke. Killer uh, Curl, I can never say his name, aka the Super Scroll. My last I'm name. just going to call him. Yes, it's your last name. You are the Super Scroll. Um, discovers that the mindless ones are targeting Skrullos, the planet that originated his species. Uh, Wiccan gathers the Knights of the Infinite to go deal with it, and Hulkling decides that they need to pull Captain Glory, last seen in the Empire miniseries, out of prison. The story continues next week in Sword. What'd you think, Clark? I just want to say this is so, it is, and the, word, the name Annihilation is perfect. This felt like Annihilation like crazy. Every single place is being attacked at once. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, I was so excited. This blew away everything else we read this week for me out of the fucking water. Every yeah. character got to do something. Every character had their voice right. Every character was fun or interesting or just in fucking peril. I was very pleased. I agree. It's It feels like old Annihilation. I'm so excited. The cast is way too big, but yet they're juggling it the right way. Like, I just, I, I'm really jazzed about this series. I like that it's crossing over with the sword. Um, I just love which, like, earthbound heroes are also going into space and just doing some shit. But then you have these really ultra powerful ones too. It's, it's, I, it feels so nice. I, I really like this series. It feels like what Guardians of the Galaxy should be again, which I've missed for a while. 
Bendis. When Bendis fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caleb, what do you For think? For sure. I mean, I, I fucking loved it too. Like, I read Annihilation way back when, read Annihilation Conquest. I, like, love that, that, that space cosmic stuff in Marvel from about 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah. So, remember at the end of Empire last year, the miniseries that we read and reviewed, there was that epilogue at the end, like, after Hulkling had become the, the Emperor, and, like, he's like, oh, my grandmother was right. All this has gone to shit. And then you see Agent Brand showing up with the new sword. Then mm-hmm. the new sword, like 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 sword hadn't even been announced or debuted at that point. Is this last annihilation? Is that what that scene is referring to? What do y'all think? It seems quick. That seems very quick. Yeah. I don't know if it's the so this. I don't know, actually. I, I, there's a direct connection, yes. So there's some sort of threads from it, yes, absolutely. But I don't, I don't really know. And I feel like there's a greater sort of something going on with it, too. Um, I, like I think it's, it's quick. Oh, go ahead, Clark. No, you're fine. I, it does seem quick, but, I mean, they are <laughs> going to be interacting with S.W.O.R.D., and it felt in that scene that Teddy was seeing S.W.O.R.D. for the first time. So yeah. uh, I need to go back and reread that, but yeah. that's the only reason why I think that this is what this, like that was leading up to. It seems a little strange because they know about S.W.O.R.D. already, and they were talking in this issue about like, you know, the, that new monetary unit, whatever the fuck it's called, Mysterium, is that the, Myster- that's the, that's the thing that sold, yeah. sold, sold. They're talking about yeah. that as if, like, he should know exactly what's going on with S.W.O.R.D., not randomly being like, you know, I'm here to help kind of bullshit. It seems if, if it's going to be three issues and then it's already, you know, the end of everything, it seems the end of the scroll, the Alliance seems very, very too much too quick. I need Hulkling to be a little bit more less save the kitty and like get some shit done. I'm not talking killing people or doing outrageous like things that get people hurt, but like stop yeah. bo- being the boots on the ground. You know what I mean? Like I... I know they're trying to humanize him and be like, he is so nice. I went to brunch with him one time. He's so sweet. But like, I, I don't care about that. Be a ruler at this point. I think you need to step up your pussy. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's definitely like, we see this like in everyday life too. When you have somebody who is used to like at your job, used to like doing like, I'm the person that gets shit done. And then you're, you, you move up into a management level position. And you're like, you're not the person who gets it done. Now you direct people who get who get it done, I and mean, so like your like your 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 scope changes. Yeah. And when you go into like that kind of like that kind of managerial ruler uh, uh, thing, like yeah, for sure, you can't just be the guy who's like rebuilding a hospital, like you know, on Hala. Clark, maybe that's the point. Maybe he's just a bad ruler, and that's why when we see him like crumpled and everything, that it's because he's not good at his job. Yeah, that could be it. That he needs to actually eventually give it the power right. to someone else. Right now, he's just <laughs> listening to Super Scroll all the time. Yeah, yeah, and maybe to yeah. his parents. Who knows? Clerk. I mean, very. Do you say clerk? Is it clerk? You mean clerk Whitehead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just I just topped off the last two letters. There you go. Uh, no, it's very. Uh, I think Clark, you got a really good point. Like it could be like very kind of like in a in a more benign way, a very like Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones, who was like a good like warrior and conqueror, but like a terrible king. 
you know, and like uh, those yeah. are some of the themes that Game of Thrones explored, you know, to a certain degree. And Al Ewing is a smart enough writer to like kind of explore that kind of stuff too. I mean, the Go only ahead, body we see that we know is Captain Glory's body during that scene. So yeah. maybe it's not the end of everything. It's just the end of Skrullos. And that's where the explosion is happening. And that's where Grandma pops in. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's right. Know, that would make it seem short enough in that case, but not so short for the entire situation. That seems good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like maybe if Skrullos is what's getting destroyed, that's what creates a fissure between yeah. the Alliance and like him being the first emperor of this new Alliance. Like he's already seeing it dissipate. So mm. maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know, but I'm excited to see what happens and I'm glad it's like crossing over with with uh, Sword and it feels like epic, but also feels like nicely contained. And I'm going to channel Adam Kasari here for a second since he's not on. I do like these sort of epics when it's not like one major like mini series and then there's all these like ancillary series, some of which are, or even one shots, some of which add to the story, some of which are just, you know, there to create atmosphere. Like, I like it when, like, it's within these books and then, like, like they kind of cross over, like Ten of Swords did and, like, what Last of Annihilation is doing. Clark? Are we going to read the other three one-shots? We're going to read I think the we should. Black Panther one because, you know, it's that... Let's do it. No, I'm fine with it. I would like to do that. Just yeah. Yeah. It seems very uh, manageable. Very manageable. All right. So let's move on, then, to Krakoa. So first up, we've got Marauders number 22, by Jerry Dugan, and they, it, this issue has two artists, uh, Matteo Lolly, who's a regular artist, who's drawing the current day stuff, and Klaus Janssen, who's doing the, the flashback stuff. Klaus Janssen's a longtime artist. He inked Frank Miller on Dark Knight Returns, and he's like been a penciler for certain things, too. He's got a very like scratchy style. So it's the day after the Hellfire Gala, and Emma has committed the most heinous of sins, Carbicide. Uh, the Cuckoos head back from the after-after-after party on Arako to find Wilhelmina Kensington, who's one of the Verendi kids, cuddling a dead puffin on the beach. They discover that she was abused by her father, and they join her on a trip to London to exact revenge on him. Meanwhile, Emma tells Sebastian Shaw that uh, Lourdes Chantel, a mutant he used to fuck and abuse in the olden days of the Hellfire Club, can't be resurrected because she isn't dead. She faked her death in order to get away from Shaw, and help Emma helped her, uh, helped her out by striking a deal with Wolf. Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the kingpin of crime. Oh, and Bishop sends a memo to the Quiet Council about the dangers of Nimrod and Orcus, and uh, he says that Harry Leland, the former Black Bishop of the Hellfire Club, should be resurrected to help. So, thoughts? Clark, go for it. It's weird that they didn't already resurrect him, considering all the stuff, all the marauders and everything like that. This seems strange. And yeah. they already knew about art. They already knew about Nimrod and Orcus and all this kind of stuff. Like, what, what, what are you, what are you holding out on? Who cares about these random losers? I know. Uh, I the Wilhelmina Kensington storyline. It's weird that they made puppy murder look cute. That one picture where it's like cute little puppies around her, and you know she killed them all. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. That it's um. It's interesting. So these are like some deep cuts. I feel like they're doing with this issue, right? Uh, yeah. Harry Leland. Uh, yeah, to your point, Clark. Like it makes no fucking sense. He is a powerful mutant that it does have power, and they resurrected some of the stupidest ones over the years. So what? What is this list? I I still want to see the list and what what goes up, what goes down. Uh, I'm sure it's automated by Forge and Sage, but. 
It makes no fucking sense. I'm glad that he's coming back. Uh, I I also like the deep cut of Lourdes Chatel. Is that I think I'm saying that right? Um, Chantel, yeah. Uh, I that that's some crazy flashbacks to reading older comics right there, and I really enjoyed that. Um, it feels like this comic is truly trying to recreate the Hellfire Club. Uh, and I and I really like that. Uh, but with that all said, uh, let's concentrate on the good cast that we have. <laughs> let's not go, let's not, let's not try Whoa. to dive too deep um, without incorporating some of the cast members that are great and pre-existing. For sure, this, I, I also feel- it's still a great series. It's still a great series. Every issue, I love it. I just feel right now, and this isn't just about Marauders, but it's about all the X-Books. They're all just treading water, I think, until the trial of Magneto begins. Yeah. And like, I, I guess like they, like, I don't know, Leah Williams and the artist whose name is escaping me uh, for trial of Magneto, they just maybe didn't have, like, they weren't ready or editorial wasn't ready for it. It just feels weird from a narrative standpoint. It's like you have this happen and then everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Like, like you would think both Marauders and X-Force would have like dealt with the Marauders because Emma was the orchestrator of the Hellfire Gala. And so she's, and she's on the Quiet Council along with Sebastian and Kate. And it's like, we got to figure this shit out. Um, but like, you've got this like side story about Wilhelmina and like this like backstory about Shen, about, uh, about, um, uh, about Lorda Chantel. And I don't, like the X Force issue that we read the other day, like it's like they're dealing with like you know swamp, not swamp thing, man thing, or mm. whatever they're calling a manslaughter. It's just like, like why aren't y'all talking about this in the books right now? Like it just, like I'm I'm having like a moment where like I don't get it, and maybe there'll be an in story explanation, but it just feels like well, miniseries wasn't quite ready yet. Wait till August, y'all. I agree, but this is still good writing, and it's still diving into the X history, which a lot of the books won't do anymore. Like the Avengers basically pretends like all the previous Avenger issues never happened. Cause they're like, we're going to do the popular people. We're going to have black Panther. And the, Jason Aaron, he's a good writer, but he doesn't care. At least with a lot of these X books, we have enough room to dive into the X history because yeah. once the X-Men get introduced to the MCU and beyond, we're never going to get this back history again. So I'm excited to explore that a little bit. Sure. Uh, but come on, give me some action. Give me a I, little bit of action in the comic though too. Or maybe more of the cast members that's not just Emma. See, this I don't really just be called Emma Frost. I'm fine with that. I don't really care about the Marauders themselves. They're barely used. Cat, whatever the fuck she's calling herself these days is used. Bishop sometimes used, but I don't give a shit about him. I want a much more interesting, but I want to like an extreme version of, I always want to be called Hellfire Club or something. Yeah. I, this is what I care about. This was written a little too calmly or, you know, like not excitingly, but in general, this is what I want. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, and I think Jerry Dugan wants to do that too. And like, he definitely like veers much more into the intricacies of the Hellfire Trading Company and like the machinations between Emma and Sebastian and, now Kate and then all their like you know like various underlings like the the bishops and the knights underneath the uh, underneath the monarchs um, and like Pyro and Iceman are the only ones who are kind of doing whatever because Storm is 
now the ruler of Morocco, you know, and like, um, so yeah. Yeah, Mark, I agree. I just love that they're actually going into the Hellfire past because I don't think we'll ever really see that for a long time <laughs> before and after. Do yeah. you feel like Hickman gave them these directions and then everyone was like, okay, I'll do it for like 12 issues and then I'm going to do my own thing? Because this seems like it. Excalibur seems yeah. like a totally turn a corner and doesn't care about what it was originally doing. Yeah. I think, I think probably. Both are better for it to me. I, I think I think there was the initial like direction that everybody's given, but I feel like generally speaking, the books all kind of move in the same direction. I think mm. Hickman is still like the the architect of all of this stuff. And there's nothing that's sort of contradictory to like what he wants to do. Yeah. I just feel like they're they're like he probably had a plan, but he gave himself some flexibility. Uh, with the other writers to be like, oh, well, let's maybe try to explore this stuff a little bit more. Nice. So, um, you know, I'm sure like if he had, uh, if he had probably stuck to his original Bible, it would have been like the Inferno stuff, which is coming this fall, would have happened a lot sooner because that would have been like the, you know, like beginning of the second chapter of what he's trying to do. Or it might have been like the climax of, you know, like kind of like this, this sort of first foray into Krakoa. Uh, but the books have been really successful. Um, you know, they haven't been, the X-Books haven't been successful in probably like 20 years, at least probably since Astonishing uh, when Whedon was writing it. So, yeah. Um, so let's move on then to New Mutants number 20 by Vida Ayala and Alex Linz. Uh, Alex Linz is the guest artist. Uh, he was also the artist um, last month as well. Um, so Gabby, a.k.a. Scout, was found dead in the last issue and Team Shadow King, that's an, uh, Anal, uh, Cosmar, Rainboy, and New No Girl, they try to help resurrect her in the dumbest way possible. First, Nogal possesses Gabby's body, and then they head to uh, Arbor Magna to, to, get, to get her back up rather than telling anybody about this in the Quiet Council or like uh, Warpath or Magic. Uh, Wolvesbane finds them, but she's got her own nonsense with the Shadow King, and Jean needs to talk to Danny Moonstar about that. Meanwhile, Magic and Warpath lead a team uh, to locate and recover a newly manifested mutant over in Tristan da Cunha, a British territory. Uh, and they learn a lesson that not all humans are bad or something. Uh, I like this book. I like what Vita has done, but good God, it needs some direction. Um, it just feels too vignette and it, it's got to like find some focus. And when do you think we'll get that, Brian? I am a wave of a bunch of different emotions with this book because I like the things that are going on. I like the characters that are going on. Uh, but uh, characterization is all over the place. I have a real big beef with anal. Um, a big, a big, a big one uh, is uh, in this issue. There they're all basically treated as kids. I'm, I, I would assume Rainboy is around the same age as Anal, so they would maybe. But for Elixir to call all of them kids when he was literally on a team with them and they interacted and it was, I, they, they keep de-aging him in such a way that mm -hmm. makes me very, like very weird and it doesn't feel right. I, I know they threw him into the book because he's probably popular, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I like that they're continuing the new mutants 
the original New Mutant stories. We needed to see that. This is a New Mutants book, so we need to see Danny Moonstar. We need to see Karma. We need to see Rain. But I, ugh, it, it, it's, it feels all over the place sometimes. And uh, this whole this whole body switching because she's dead to help her out makes that's not that does not make a any a lick of sense. Just get her resurrected normally, and then we can figure it out that way. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? But what do you guys think? It, it's I I have decided I don't like this book. I the only thing I really like is the the um, I was gonna say North Star no. Uh, Moonstar and um, Karma stuff. I really like that. Yeah. I like when they went to Merlin's land and they had the weird rabbit they were following and the art for that was gorgeous too. I really think this should just be New Mutants. I, I don't think the kids work well in it. it. It takes it to, and also it's not well done. That part is not well done at all. As you said, Anal has yeah. been ruined. I like how you said Anal is very popular. This is going to make him unpopular because he's awful in it. And this issue, they're all trying to be like, oh, no, we love Scout. We need to help her. You people were pieces of shit to her for the last three issues. You scream at her all the time. You're berating her. You're calling her basically stupid and a baby. No, 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 no. You do not get to go on your fucking high horse this time. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, no. And like Cosmar is like, oh, I can get through this tree just fine. Blah, blah, blah. And it pissed me off. The whole thing pissed me off. This plan is stupid. Everything's stupid. I hate it. Kalen, what do you what uh, just in yeah. general i like i have generally liked this book uh the, the mischaracterization of anal hasn't bothered <laughs> me as much as you guys because i feel like y'all have more of an affinity to him but i also recognize that it is an issue um i like what vita has been trying to do like by figuring out like culturally speaking what is the like what do the children or the, the younger mutants of Krakoa, like how do they how do they thrive? How do they adapt? Like what do they do? I like that it just feel like it needs some di- more direction. Like the Shadow King stuff is interesting, but there's gotta be some resolution about it soon. Like it, it feels like it's been going on a lot. I like the premise behind magic uh, and Warpath, like wanting to, take some of these kids and have them do low-level missions but that low-level mission was also i guess because it's low level just felt kind of like almost like ho-hum it's like oh they're trying to rescue this mutant uh who isn't being abused by our human family you know so like it just it was like what's what like what are we trying to impart here that like you know humans are bad but not all humans are bad i was like okay fine but it's not really that interesting a point but uh I'm go- we're going to keep reading it because it's one of the X books, but Vita, you, you got to give me something here. Clark? Um, I don't know what the hell is going on in Tristan de Kuna either. Why? Like this girl caused an earthquake that almost killed a bunch of people and the entire place was like scrambling to save people. Like shouldn't the, the X-Men have, they helped, they helped. Don't get mad at them because your girl blew up everything. I, yeah, great. that was weird. That's a great point. Okay, so I will end this on a good note, though. I do like that we got introduced to a couple new characters. One is called Kappa, which she apparently has uh, the ability to control water and uh, an Ariana Grande ponytail, which is kind of fun. Ooh, chunky. 
And um, then we have Leo, just I assume that's his uh, astrological sign. And he's got telekinesis because they're very psychic. And then my favorite new one is called Brother Nature. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. That one. Woo! What we, a ride we went on. That's an, that's an that's an Adam joke right there. I know. We are we already we have too many characters. She already that they already have too many characters in this. I know. We don't need those three. Sprite I, was there. They had Sprite just showed there. Sprite didn't use her. And she's been working out. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, no. let's move on to the next. Yeah, so let's uh, take a little uh, time machine back to the past with X-Men Legends number five by Peter David and Todd Nock. Uh, so this is set between the uh, so issue 75 and 76 of the original run of X-Factor. So this is the government-run X-Factor team. Uh, they deal with a group of Latvian mutants who are trying to depose Dr. Droom and create a democratic state in their home country. That's really what the issue is. Um, Literally, there's like, you know, some battle scenes that happen and some, you know, Val Cooper testifying in front of Congress stuff that happened. But generally speaking, um, fairly light on the plot. But what did y'all think? I didn't realize how much I needed to break from Krakoa until this issue. Um, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've loved X-Factor for a million years. And Peter David's one of my favorite writers. So it just felt good to see these characters being fun. And I don't know, just, just not weighed down by all of the Krakoan stuff. Um, yeah. One other thing I'll say is I don't know quite why very mutants are named after Irish Druidic holidays. <laughs> Speak on that more. Speak on that more. Well, I mean, like Samhain, um, the S-A-M-H-I-H-I-A-N one. Um, that's where how we get. That's where we get Halloween from. That is. Yeah. The, 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 all of them are literally just the Druidic holidays. There's four main ones a year, and those are the four. It's I don't know why the hell that was the case. I mean, I'm happy because <laughs> I like those names, but all right. My favorite part of the book was how it went from like first the Avengers were contacted, and then Fantastic Four were contacted, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh, it's dealing with mutants. X Factor, y'all handle it." Like I was like, "That's that was a cute little scene," and like. Peter David is a writer that's been writing for four, four or five decades now. And like, he still kind of has that like magic touch. Like this was yeah. enjoyable to read. Uh, Todd Nauk has never been one of my favorite artists, but I think the stuff looked really nice and clean and kinetic. And it had a bit of an like Art Adams feel or uh, maybe even Nick Bradshaw, the, the artist who drew Wolverine and X-Men. Uh, way back when um so it's got that like kind of fun cartoony feel um i, I mean this book exists for x-men nerds like us like you know for those who've known these issues for a while i did appreciate that unlike the last couple of issues of x-men legends you could actually go on marvel unlimited and read the issues of <laughs> x factor that this takes place between Whatever. and i went back and read yeah. it and i was like I was like, it didn't really matter, but I was like, okay, thanks for giving me context and thanks for giving me the issues that I could go and actually read and get context. Right. I mean, this is basically and, one of their first missions. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because uh, when this uh, book was initially pitched, it was supposed to be like filling in the blanks that you always wanted to know. And now we're just getting 
just like Val Cooper's like going home, taking a shower, reading the newspaper <laughs> in the mornings. And I'm like, I mean, I, it's interesting. And it's really? still Peter David, which I like, but it's not filling in the holes I always wanted to know about anymore. It's just going back and <laughs> d- doing some stuff. But like you said, Caitlin, he's still as fresh as he was back in the day. Like, and it, you, you pop it in, you could pop this issue in between those two issues. Still fits perfectly. For sure. And I, I can't wait for him to do, hopefully we'll get some issues of him doing X-Factor investigations in this series if it keeps going. It makes me very sad that we had to deal with whatever many issues of Leo Williams' X-Factor after reading this. Yeah. 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 That's, that's very true. I disagree. <laughs> well, that's been our issues this week, but I think I'm hearing a little thunder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dance remix. It's, 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 I was going to say, yeah, it's a little remix. It's like a little that's chromatic a remix that. there uh, for Newsflash. So uh, first up, we found out that Blade uh, has a director, uh, Bassam Tariq, who is best known for directing really one movie called Mogul, Mo- uh, um, Mogul Mowgli. Uh, uh, and the writer of the movie is going to be Stacey uh, Osei Kufour, who wrote Watchmen uh, for HBO. I haven't seen Mogul Mogul uh, Mowgli. God, that is really tough to say before, but it does have uh, uh, Riz Ahmed, who is a phenomenal actor and incredibly easy on the eyes. So I definitely want to check out that movie. Apparently, um, uh, Basama has also done some like Netflix documentaries uh, called like The Ghosts of Sugarland, which is about a group of uh, young Muslim uh, individuals in like suburbia in suburbia who are uh, trying to figure out like how one of their friends gets like caught into like, sort of this sort of extremism. Um, and if if the, if I have anything to go by the title, goes to Sugarland. Sugarland is like where I grew up uh, in Texas, which is a, a little town outside of Houston, the suburb. Uh, and there's a huge South Asian population there. So um, I hope I'm, I'm really glad that like Marvel is giving. Uh, more people of color like these opportunities. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, but question for y'all, like, okay, Marvel has given you the keys to Blade. You're the writer, director, producer, what have you. What would you make your movie about the Blade? Brian? I don't really... It would be how it interconnects to the MCU is what I would do because I like that. I don't think this film is going to be that at all. Because I think we're going to get a deep dive into like a more realistic what Blade could be. I also love that Marvel is giving us nothing about this. This was like one of the first movies that they announced a long time ago. And we have received zilch, nada, nothing about this. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I think what they should do is create a real niche thing. Create some sort of darkness within their movie universe. Uh but I would just, I'm a hack. So I would just have uh, Daffy Duck show up and it would be Space Jam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but, and, oh, and he's a vampire. Like, I, that's what I would do. But uh, I'm excited for this director to take it. And it, it feels like it's going to be a more serious take on it. Clark, what would you do? And what do you think? This is not a project 
that excites me. I mean, I'm okay. looking forward to seeing it, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because I want him to join the Midnight Suns and make it interesting instead of this yeah. is literally he's just me find vampires. I mean, what the hell else is he going to do? I've he's never gonna, seen a vampire movie. Are they out there? Are going to have Dracula show up? Or is that going to be too cheesebally for people to watch? Even though Dracula is one of like, it's like the main yeah. vampire in Marvel Comics. Fucked if I know. I don't know. Whatever. I, I your- yeah, I mean, so Dracula will end up probably becoming part of this just because Dracula is in the public domain and is a Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they'll start with the first movie with that. I think you would have to figure out a way to differentiate from the Wesley Snipe movies. Like, so the first one was very like proto Matrix. It came up the year before the Matrix, but it's like all black leather, like, you know, vampires going to raves, that kind of stuff. The second one was Guillermo del Toro's like body horror stuff. Uh, which I actually really like that a lot. And then the third one, I didn't even see it, but that was like them attempting to try to do the Midnight Suns. Um, but it was like with Jessica Biel and um, Ryan Reynolds, whoever the fuck they were playing. Um, so I'd have to figure out like how like it would be different enough from them. And like maybe the way that like the vampires are designed, um, I think it would have to go into some like serious like old school Marvel lore like like you know like vampires and other demonic type creatures were there for like other parts of like marvel universe like they were working with the nazis and and hydra you know during world war ii is that part of it they you fought know, red like, guardian at one point probably yeah right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah all, all all that kind of shit to really integrate it because i mean again um this is the the issue that i have with like shang chi a little bit is like um like Blade was created when Marvel was trying to get all of these like sort of like 70s movie tropes and movie archetypes integrated into into their comics. Shang-Chi, you know, aka Bruce Lee, um, you know, Punisher was like that sort of like uh, uh, Charles Bronson uh, slash um, uh, Clint Eastwood type vigilante, you know, and Blade like was playing into like sort of like Blackula a little bit like the black exploitation um, uh, stuff that was happening with like you know horror and, and black exploitation films in the seventies and so figuring out a way so it's not just that but actually it's integrated the MCU like I would have to try to figure out like you know like how to weave that in Clark I feel like Shang Chi has a, had a lot more strands he had from the very beginning it wasn't just the kung fu stuff it was the British spy stuff as well like he has yeah. avenues. Blade stuff from the beginning is literally just one avenue vampires. Yeah. I do think maybe if I did something or if they do something, I think they could bring in the dark hold, you know, from WandaVision and stuff and make that maybe be the reason that vampires even exist and maybe not even fucking bring up Dracula at all because people in people who are watching the movie are going to be like Dracula. Bleh. And then people yeah. in the actual MCU will be like Dracula exists. Bleh, nah, 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 that kind of shit. It'll be too cheeseball-y. Yeah, and he could even be like something to the effect of like, I hunt dark, dark creatures. I am assuming he's British. I don't know why. But, and then he's like in Madripoor and like all these other like shady places that we like know and love, you know? Yeah. Rather I mean, than I could, just vampires. I think if you bring in Agatha, like you mentioned the dark hole, if like Agatha Harkness is like mm-hmm. in the movie, I think that would make it very cool. Like bring in that like kind of, <laughs> Like, I don't know if her camp in him. No, I need that. 
I, I'm here for it. I think you would need a little bit of that camp to go a long way. Uh, like, like you know, like if he's it's Marshall Ali who's playing Blade, like, and he he's gonna play a very stoic Blade, maybe with maybe some like gallows humor. Having yeah. somebody just calling him on his bullshit, you know, Catherine Hahn is, is Agatha doing that. I think would be a lot of fun. So as yeah, long in my as movie, he's not wacky. Agatha's yeah, Agatha's there, and then you know, at some point, you know, uh, uh, like Valentina shows up and says, "Have I got a job for you?" And she makes him join the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever the fuck she's pulling together. So that's my pitch. Or maybe Deadpool shows up and then it's the crossover with Ryan Reynolds and then it gets all conv- convoluted, you know? Sure. Why not? Throw it all in there. Put it in a blender. Make a smoothie. All right. Let's move on. Um, speaking about the MCU, we've heard a, a few bits of news. I'm going to go over each one really quickly and then I'll ask you a question. First, uh, apparently Henry Cavill has met with Marvel Studios in London. Uh, Josh Segara, who was in uh, the other two and voiced a character on Archer, is going to be in She-Hulk. And my personal favorite, and I Clark's as well, and might be Ryan's, uh, Michaela Cole is going to be in the Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. So, again, you have all the power in the world uh, when it comes to the Marvel Universe. Uh, what roles would you cast these three? Why don't you start, Kate? Well, fuck. Okay, so Henry Cavill. I'll start with. <laughs> let me start with him. About it. I'll start with Henry Cavill. Uh, I don't know if this is going to happen in Thor: Love and Thunder, or if they, they'll they'll do it a little bit later. Casting him as Hercules. I thought he was already Hercules already cast. He might already be cast. So so Hercules is then out. Um, or was that? I think it'd be too. I don't think it might be too meta, and I, I would roll my eyes at it. But if he's cast as Hyperion. As like Marvel's answer to Superman, I think it'd be kind of. In- Let's do a little roundtable with this. What if he was like, what if he was Colossus? Seems early be- to start casting that. Unless well, they're yeah, putting, I don't know if it's early. Putting Colossus. a Deadpool. And yeah. he's a little. Henry Cavill's a little old for that too. Ouch! Rude. Oh, okay. So forearm. What about forearm? Is that taken? <laughs> You're going for some deep cuts. He's gonna it. play. He's gonna play Mama Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, no, a rebooted Rhino. Oh, bitch, because he is a beast at this point. Maybe. He can't Maybe. Fit in his suits. They already had a daddy like sponsoring Spider-Man or whatever the fuck J- Jake Gyllenhaal did. You know, why yeah. not another? Um. It, Michaela Cole. Oh, this is tough. I hope they don't. I hope they don't make her Adora Milaje. I hope, like, Dang. like she's either like a like another Wakandan or um, maybe she's not even Wakandan. Maybe she like is like somebody who's visiting from the UK or something like that. And I'm just trying to figure out like what like it might be a character we don't know. I, she and, feels like a good POV character to pop into Wakanda, like maybe coming from the States or like the, <laughs> the UK or something like that. And yeah, and just I, sort of engulfing herself in that world. So maybe not necessarily a pre-existing character. That's what I picture for her because she is she has such great comedic timing. She doesn't always have to be comedic, but that would be kind of fun if she was. What do you think, Clark? Yeah. I'd be happy if she played Nightshade. 
Oh yeah, that's fine. Oh. good character. Um, and is like she kind of straddles gray sometimes. She's actually pretty much white now. Um, she was you know bad guy first, and she was in the middle. No, no, no. But anyways, um, I think she'd be fun in it because Tilda does have a little Tilda. That's her name, I believe. Does have a little bit of humor to her. Also, I could see her joining the Thunderbolts, whatever Dark Avengers kind of thing. Because right now it's just two white folks. Yeah, yeah for know- sure. You know what I'm going to say she should be? Because fuck everything and it's just a dream cast. Make her Elsa Bloodstone. Like, why the fuck not? She would kill it in that. Like, that would be so fun. Get her red hair. You know, I always complain about hair color. She has tons of wigs. She she fucking loves her wigs. She loves her her wigs, especially in I May Destroy You. God, she looks so good. God, Uh, I love her too. Did you ever watch Chewing Gum back in the day? Yes. Chewing Gum. This so is good. what made her a goddamn star. She's so good. Yeah. Clark? That was originally a play that she wrote. Um, I There are some rumors, and I don't believe them, but anyways, that she's going to be replacing Letitia as Shuri after her COVID is a lie shtick she did. Uh, I thought they were just going to sweep that away. I mean, I think so too, but because she did wipe all of her social media clean after that. And that's probably because Daisy said, shut the fuck up or you're fired. Yeah, so yeah. she shut the fuck up. So she wasn't fired is what I assume. But then there's lots of people like, I think this is what's happening. I, I, just, I don't want that. I, I don't hope want that doesn't happen. I don't, I don't think Michaela Cole, not that she wouldn't be good in that role. I just don't want her in that role. It's a very different vibe though, right? It's a little too smartsy, not fun role yeah. to me. Yeah. Y'all, what if they just make her the next Black Panther? <laughs> you just say fuck you, Shuri. <laughs> this random woman. We, like, we've you know, outsourced. Yeah, we've outsourced. Yeah, we, we've been talking just, with Netflix, and we found it, the next Black Panther because it's all yeah. about marketing these days. You know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Josh Zagara, uh, I think he might be if they haven't already cast him. He's such a cute. I think he'll be like white, a white Wingfoot, who's mm-hmm. like played yeah. like She Hulk's he- like on again, off again boyfriend slash lover. Yeah, side piece. I, I was thinking that or a random <laughs> drug addict that she's like <laughs> literally defending. And he's like, I might be on drugs, but I didn't kill that woman. You know what I mean? Like he might play that role because he's a little all over the place. So he could be just a crazy person that she has to defend. You know, I was thinking if they've got the Tanya, they have to have absorbing man. That's so a they, great they, would, they wouldn't have his white wing foot because they would be they, they need they need a Native American or you know to oh, be yeah. I, I do that's, have that's terrible right, that's a good one. Clark, not to give you some bad news, but Absorbing Man did show up in Agents of Shield. Yeah, but I that doesn't you... count. They 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 divided that. Doesn't matter. Gone. Okay. okay. Does nope, they did. They totally cut all that out. It is another dimension. All right. Um and he was a piece of shit in that. Um, yeah, he was. The other thing I was gonna say is maybe in, for a romantic thing, instead they might do like Clay Quartermain or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be fine. Oh yeah. Yeah, because wasn't Clay Quartermain? Wasn't he an agent of Shield at one point? Yeah, just a hot shield guy who was nice and stuff. What? What if he's just like one of the members of Wrecking Crew? Just like one of them, and then like he gets caught and he goes on trial or something like that. Wouldn't that be fun? No. Okay. Like crowbar. Well, he's crowbar. <laughs> Fucking crowbar, yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. That's it. You heard it here first. Uh, Josh Cigar is going to be crowbar in She-Hulk. <laughs> All right, our last bit of news. Uh, Marvel is publishing uh, 
a special called uh, Comunidades to celebrate Latino, Latina, and Latinx characters, including Miles Morales, Robbie Reyes, America Chavez, both White Tigers, and it's going to debut a new Latinx character. So here are the confirmed stories that we know about. Um, so uh, writer Terry uh, Floss and an artist to be announced introduced a is going to introduce a brand new hero spinning out of the current Reptile series, which I haven't been reading. I don't know if y'all have. Uh, the first White Tiger, Hector Ayala, is going to return in a story by Daniel Jose Older and oh, cool. also an unnamed artist. The current White Tiger, Ava Ayala, uh, is going to confront the dark nature of her power, sounds very spooky, uh, by writer uh, Amparo Ortiz and unnamed artist. A lot of unnamed artists is getting a lot of work in this uh, oh, special, by the way. Such great yeah. work. Uh, the 50s Sorcerer Supreme, Nina the Conjurer, returns in a story by writer Juan Ponce to battle the uh, ragging nature spirit, uh, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, uh, Anhanga, um, also artist yet to be really <laughs> revealed. And then uh, Spider-Woman writer Carla Pacheco is going to write a ghostwriter story, that's Robbie Reyes, uh, what artist yet to be announced. Uh, so this is going to be coinciding with <laughs> Hispanic Heritage Month a little bit later this year. Um, this looks cool. I mean, I'm glad Marvel are, is doing these. Like, you know, they had the Indigenous Voices. They had the the Pride special that we reviewed uh, a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, this looks this looks really cool. Yeah, Mark? I'm excited. I do want to say that there are three white tigers. Ava, Ava's aunt was the second one. Hector's oh. sister, I believe. Oh, I forgot all about that. I thought you were talking about the Power Ranger. I was. There was a white tiger. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, um, so it so let's give it up for he who shall not be named or whatever the the artist that will never be formally named as Marvel or whatever it's called. No, no, no it's it's him at the end. It's the <laughs> artists are all going to turn into Kang, and all the variants are going to be much worse than the original. Hell yeah, you could do worse. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Clark, yeah, Clark, you about to say something? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. Did you guys well, ever read anything with Reptile in it? I mean, I yeah, read, we read Avengers. Yeah, Avengers um, Academy. Murder, Academy. whatever it's called. Arena? Oh, yeah. yeah. Murder, Murder Academy. Yeah. He supposedly Murder. died at the end because he never showed up again for. I know. That was, I was always intrigued by him. He was kind of fun. And they really I tried like to. Oh, like yeah. make him more prominent and he never really took off so i would like to see him nope. get more prominent well i would like to read the, his mini series that's like i think there's one more issue left um maybe two more issues uh i've heard okay things about it so you know i'm always like especially when it comes to marvel unlimited um i'll, I'll give it a shot there but yeah really really excited about this well um that's been our issue uh episode 197 so if you don't hate us Please, please, and I please hope you don't. Tell your friends about us. Give us a good rating and review. We've got a ton of great videos on our new YouTube page. We're still cranking out tons of fun content and jokes on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, we're Homosphere X. Instagram, we're Homosphere Podcast. And be sure to check out our extra special episodes reviewing Black Widow and the first season of Loki. Take care. We love you very much. I Bye. love you. Hmm.